Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Dr. Troy with Dr. Josh and Marquis. We're here today. today. <laughs> we're, we're here today. <laughs> we're here today to talk about uh, some current events and specifically uh, in what's in the news and uh, blood clots and a lot of things as far as how to stay healthy. So when it comes to this scenario. So this week, in fact, in one day, really, uh, it was a pretty interesting news day. <laughs> So if you're listening to this podcast later on, we're in, we're in the season where we heard in one day or within about a two, three day stretch, there was an ESPN, ESPN announcer that went down during uh, an episode, uh, Real Madrid versus AC Milan. And then there was um, uh, LeBron James' son had a, a cardiac arrest and... Who else? It's the 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 singer from. Uh, it was Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly, yes, thank you. Uh, she um, had blood clots that were identified. Uh, Jamie Fox did an interview and, and gave an update, and he's doing much better, I hear, uh, thankfully. But uh, that was something that happened back in April, where he had some um, um, bizarre things. He's we've not heard what caused that. And then Mitch McConnell yesterday had an event, and so. Uh, I saw an interview afterwards where he kind of walked by quickly and they were, the reporters were rightly concerned what was going on. Are you okay? Are you okay? And he kind of blew it off. Well, we got to talk about the elephant in the room a little bit as far as what is going on with all of these people. Mm-hmm. And um, without, or I'm not, not going to tiptoe around anything. The way that we kind of process that, at the day and the age that we're at, you have to put through the filter of what could be possibly going on. Mm-hmm. You just have to add the vaccines to that conversation. Yeah. So you have to look at that. There are many things that can cause these cardiovascular type conditions. And, and in looking at Mitch McConnell in particular, because that was live on camera, you can see it. Uh, he had the blank stare. We see that with seizure disorders. We see that with with microclotting. So it's something that we see and can recognize. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things can cause that. So let's just talk a little bit about the recent news, uh, the possibilities of uh, the vaccine and other things that can kind of contribute to that. Specifically, uh, let's see if we can answer things about how to keep your blood vessels and your cardiovascular system healthy. Yeah. I think we should say, too, we're not trying to blame everything on the vaccine. I know. I am. Are you? Yes, You're no. trying to blame it all? Okay, that's fine. Somebody's going to take that soundbite. Yes, I know they right will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right on that. Yeah. But just like, we, like you said, we can't completely ignore it. There has yeah. to be a discussion allowing for the possibility both directions. Yeah, the problem is when you shut down the discussion, and we've talked about this in the mm-hmm. past, when you shut down the discussion, it's hard to discern properly. Yeah. You can't discern the truth. Yeah. And we would never make a diagnosis off of just an assumption. And you'd have to do the testing. You have to ask a lot of questions and you have to look at all the differential diagnoses. So you got to do the same thing. Um, But the fact that, and truthfully, we won't know. We talked about this really early on with COVID. Mm -hmm. 
we're not going to know the actual numbers until we see the all-cause mortality later on when it came to the flu versus COVID. And so we're starting to see a lot of the numbers uh, a year later, two years later, a lot of things are getting cleaned up. Mm -hmm. Same thing for the vaccines. Mm -hmm. We know that the risk factors with these vaccines were heart disease first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Do we have an increased incidence in heart disease with the elderly, with, with the young? Those stats are going to be coming out. Yeah. Uh, we're happening to seeing high-profile cases right now, and it may be part of that. So we'll see uh, on that. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that certain countries outlawed or banned the the vaccine for younger male age groups yeah. for this very reason. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. A lot of a lot of the individuals suffering are younger, and a lot of them are male, uh, yeah. just because their cardiovascular systems are going to be more likely to be compromised with this type of inflammation. Yeah, and uh, we know that, uh, and that risk factor was known. It mm-hmm. wasn't uh, an unknown. So a lot of the decision making that was made by people in charge, they they knew those risk factors too. But when yeah. they made some decisions, some tough decisions, we also know that some of the risk factors moving forward were autoimmune diseases at, after the cardio uh, cardiac problems, and then cancers. So uh, in that order, usually is what we'd see kind of pop up there. So. We will start to, to get the data soon and start to see the differences in the cardiovascular yeah. disease compared to years previous, then autoimmune, then cancers. In five years, we'll have mm-hmm. the, the data on that. So that, stay tuned for that podcast. Yeah, stay tuned <laughs> for that podcast. But that's what, so for me, first do no harm means first do no harm, mm-hmm. especially when there are natural uh, alternatives to actually be healthy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's try and get some solutions out there. So even if you have concerns, first of all, don't be worried, number one, because that doesn't help at all. Yeah. The stress of worrying is only going to cause, well, that by itself can cause cardiovascular disease <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. just its free radical production. Yeah. But uh, we do want to give some insight in how you can actually um, assess and, and make sure that your cardiovascular system is working well, especially if you have concerns about COVID or the vaccines that might have been triggering uh, some cardiovascular issues for you. Yeah, especially for people who have gotten vaccinated. Um, we're not here to, to razz on you and say that you're a terrible person. Uh, no. I know a lot of people who did it for good intentions and good reasons, especially yep. early. Absolutely. Um, and this also doesn't mean that it's hopeless. I mean, I think this is part of the point too, is regardless if this is an issue from COVID or COVID vaccines, being proactive, you can still make a difference. You still can, you can still reverse damage and be, be proactive about protecting yourself. Absolutely. The uh, heart, uh, the blood vessels uh, can repair. And yeah. so we've mm-hmm. seen that uh, pretty well just in the past too. Like mm-hmm. smoking historically damages your arteries very, very badly and you can recover from it. Turns out humans are fairly resilient to a lot of junk yes. <laughs> that we throw yeah, at we ourselves. Can, yeah, we can take a lot apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when we look at that, um, I, I want to start going through some symptoms that may be early signs of some cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the first one that pops to mind for me, uh, one of my uh, patients who was um, vaccine injured had a, a pretty long clot in his leg. And uh, uh, fortunately, nothing happened. It was caught early. Uh, it wasn't caught early, sorry. It was a good three and a half feet long. It was a really major clot. Yeah. Um, but he went in early with his first symptom, which was shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. So it, it was the lungs. It was going up the stairs that uh, that all of a sudden he's like, why? And he's 
in his uh, early 40s. And so he's like, it doesn't make sense that I'm out of breath just like that. Yeah. So they went and got checked, and the doctor did a great job and found um, the, the clot. Mm-hmm. This particular uh, individual had a, a genetic clotting disorder, which predisposed him even more so. Yeah. So uh, that uh, is, though, true for everyone. So if you're starting to have a little bit of shortness of breath, and it's not due to allergies, it's not due to um, food reactions or constipation, because that can also do it, mm-hmm. uh, it it's something that uh, can be an early indication of some some cardiovascular compromise, specifically clotting. Just talked to a patient yesterday about that new patient had issues with breathing and lung stuff prior to COVID, but having COVID, and I believe she had one vaccine as well. But anyways, the same thing, leg pain, shortness of breath up the stairs. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's fairly uncommon for otherwise healthy people to all of a sudden get those right. symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that is a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Other than shortness of breath, have you seen anything as far as an early indication um, for not not just clotting because clotting is yeah. a tough one to catch early, um, but uh, just because people are going to see these videos, they're going to see these well-known, famous people because this all happened. Mo- the majority of these were announced within a twenty-four hour period, mm-hmm. so people, everyone's talking about it, and so yeah. what can people do as far as observation? What else? Um, have you seen that might be an early indication of some cardiovascular issues? Yeah. Well, I would say fatigue is another one more kind yeah. of non nondescript. And that happens with a lot of things. Uh, fatigue goes along with shortness of breath, but that happens a lot. Neurological symptoms. We see, we've talked dizziness yeah. before on the podcast. That's a big one. A lot of, a lot of the issues with the inflammation caused by the vaccine and COVID, you know, we've talked about the idea of microclotting. It's not like everybody's getting, not everybody's getting big old clots that are yeah. causing, you know, yep. cardiac arrests, but you're getting a b- bunch of inflammation in the blood vessels. So that's, that compromises energy production because you don't have oxygen delivery, yep. compromises brain function. Uh, yeah. And even I've seen a few people then when it, where it's kidneys, I've seen a few people where it's other organ systems not working. Right. So let me land on that one because yeah. kidneys and dehydration is a is a quick way to really get your heart in trouble if yeah. you're exercising. So for young athletes, for guys, you have to stay hydrated right now yeah. because if your kidneys um, become challenged at all because of lack of hydration, then the minerals get out of balance. That can cause problems with the heart. And traditionally, before COVID and vaccines, that's when we saw guys, football yeah. players in particular, big heavy linemen, go down because they were in heat. And they got overheated quite a bit, dehydrated significantly, and their heart couldn't take it. So stay hydrated. That's going to help with inflammation. Inflammation means fire, basically. So uh, that's a big one. Some of the other early signs that we've seen is if you're young and your your heart is racing or doesn't slow down uh, appropriately after some exercise. So if you're a soccer player and you're out uh, on the on the pitch and you're running around and all of a sudden you're not recovering like you used to, that's a a potential sign of some, uh, some challenges. Yeah. Again, another patient that I recently talked to kid, probably 14 is saying, Oh, why all of a sudden am I getting dizzy and a little lightheaded when I'm at practice? Yeah. And man, we got to get that checked because that could be the exact issue where we're getting a little bit of a compromise in blood flow or heart function. Yep. And the kid was vaccinated too. And again, he didn't have it beforehand. These are all circumstantial. Yep. Again, when you see it and you say, well, we at least have to take that into consideration, that we have to fix that problem. 
Yes. And so uh, with that, we also look at things like um, like even the heart skipping a beat, uh, yeah, just weird, yeah, little palpitations, mm-hmm. and then even uh, increased blood pressure. We're mm-hmm. starting to see that in 18, 19-year-olds as well, which is abnormal. So if you're athletic and not uh, overweight and you're, you've taken blood pressure and it's been good and all of a sudden it's going up, then that's a potential sign that there's some stiffness and resistance going on in the in the heart cardiovascular system so it should be checked and looked at as well yeah absolutely um one other thing that uh um, we've uh, seen as well other than the the fatigue the heart racing uh things of that nature uh really the recovery too as far as just like the muscles and stuff too the the fatigue in the brain is one thing but the the muscle muscle soreness or soreness The delayed onset muscle soreness can start to mm-hmm. to take longer than it normally would. Mm-hmm. So little things to look at if you are exercising and then all of a sudden it's just not um, healing like it used to or recovering as quickly. That can be uh, another big Yeah, ear ringing. I've seen a lot of that, the tinnitus. Yes. That's, that's a big thing too. Yeah, that's lack of oxygen. Even like being forgetful when it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, teenagers are forgetful. I'm going to say that they just, <laughs> they just are. But uh, young adults and... Uh, if it's not stress-induced, lack of sleep-induced, low blood, blood sugar-induced forgetfulness, then it, that, that's another potential, uh, potential marker. Yeah. So I do hope um, that uh, people start having these conversations at, uh, at a bigger level, I'm going to say. Like, yeah. Jamie Foxx uh, has come out. We still don't know what really was going on with him. He hasn't given any details. We're and it's none of our business, except for uh, the times that we're in, because now everyone is wondering. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where if it is, uh, I would just like uh, to know a little bit more about... It's uh, a public health concern. It so is, so many right. people got the COVID vaccine, if these individuals are experiencing these problems, and that's a correlation between everything. I mean, yeah. that's a concern for everybody who's gotten the vaccine. My my two cents is if they were concerned when COVID was going around, if someone had COVID to not spread it, mm-hmm. then they should be just as concerned about if people are having issues with the vaccine or not having issues with the vaccine. Yeah. Peace of mind is what people need mm-hmm. because just seeing these things is causing stress in people who are vaccinated. It's just seeing these things like, oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? And so this is something that has to be talked about. It's the elephant in the room, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it needs to not be ignored or dismissed. You're just making people angry when you do that or yeah. not talk about it. Yeah. This is not anything against Jamie Foxx. I'm, I'm talking in general, in mass. Yeah. 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 Like ESPN and, mm-hmm. and these, these things go viral very quickly these days. Mm-hmm. So within minutes, everyone was seeing the collapse yeah. of. And everybody, you know, everybody wants either to immediately blame the vaccine without information which could or could not be true. But on the other side, everybody immediately says, oh, it can't be the vaccine. Yeah. Which is also not true. Can be. Yes, right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we need clarity and you can't get clarity. That'd be like a patient coming in and saying, fix me, but we're not allowed to ask them questions or have a conversation. Can't order labs. Can't order labs. No data. Yeah. You just, don't worry. Yeah. Just fix me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I need information. We (laughs) need to have a conversation. Yeah. So yeah, and that's all we're really asking for is uh, is, and it will come out because we're talking about it. 
Other people are going to be talking about it. I guarantee you Joe Rogan is going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be um, conversations being had. I did see uh, Elon Musk actually tweeted something about it. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but he basically saying it has to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying this is a vaccine. He just said, same, I can't, yeah, same, yeah, thing, same we're thing we're saying right yeah. now. Yeah. And that's 100% accurate. Can you call it a tweet anymore now that he changed the oh, name? That's right. To... What do you call it? It's an X. <laughs> he X'd. He X'd that. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what can people do to uh, help with their cardiovascular system? We've landed on making sure you're drinking lots of water, mm -hmm. uh, having awareness number number two as far as what's. Uh, and you mentioned electrolytes on. too. Yeah, electrolytes. Electrolytes really, yeah. really important. It's ultimately, your heart is a, an electrical. <laughs> it is discharge. I mean, that's what pumps your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of tests that we run here, other than symptoms, you know, the symptoms that we mentioned, blood testing. Yep. We do a fair amount of um, inflammatory testing, especially with our more advanced cardiometabolic testing yeah. that correlates to, um, and there's a lot of those markers were studied for COVID, COVID inflammation, yeah. so it correlates with this too. All the same ones. Let's go through some of those right now for the people that uh, can't make it to the clinic, but are listening to this, uh, yeah. uh, even yeah. outside the country. We've got... Um, uh, fibrinogen, which is yep. very important. And I can tell there's been a lot of fibrinogen testing going on around the country because the labs that use fibrinogen have uh, a supply chain issue going on right now. One of our main labs stopped even offering it. Yeah. 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 So we had to start looking so elsewhere. Luckily, we'd have another option. Yeah. Yeah. So that tells us a lot, too, yeah. that the demand is pretty high to be testing it, but it's a good test. Yep. Um, also D dimer, mm -hmm. it can give you kind of a quick snapshot on, on, uh, what's going on there. Yeah. C reactive protein is a good, uh, test for inflammation in yeah. the arteries as is, um, the ESR. Yeah. Sed rate. Yeah. Sed rate or ESR. Yeah. So those are some good starts. Anything else that yeah. can give you some in insight? Our, in our more advanced cardiometabolic testing, sometimes look at MPO. Myeloperoxidase, that's a test that has some research out there per COVID and, and inflammation. It's also a predictive marker for cardiac arrest, for, yeah. for an actual event. So yeah. getting that MPO in range is a, is a pretty big We've used NAC, I've used N-acetylcysteine for that successfully. Yeah. And I know there's a few other options too. Um, this is another one that we stopped having good access to. It's called NT-Pro-BNP. Yeah. That's a marker of cardiac, cardiac yeah. muscle stress. That's a really good one in this situation. Yes. And one of our labs stopped carrying it. Yeah. Uh, we can still get it. It's more expensive now, of course. Yeah. The good ones. The good ones, <laughs> more yeah. expensive. Yeah. And I, I believe that was a supply chain issue as well there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that one, it, those ones are very, very uh, important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very important. Um, you know, we're, we're embarking on um, more of a fitness kick here at Synap. One of the fitness tests that we are going to run is, a, if you're, you're bad at it, <laughs> is a huge predictor of cardiac mortality. It's called a heart rate recovery test. Yeah. And that test says if you're doing a hard activity, it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you're going hard. could be a long run, could be a short burst activity. How long does it take for your heart rate to, or how many points does it drop in a minute? And if you don't drop, I think 12, 12 is a cutoff. If you're below 12, if you don't drop 12 points in a minute, that's bad. Really yeah. bad. Should be about 18 to 20. You know, Dr. Ashley and I have been testing this back and forth. I think she and I tend to be around 30 to 40. 
Yeah. So after a minute, it's dropping that much. So that's telling you that your heart is recovering from that exercise fast. And if you can't, if that recovery is really bad, there's a problem. And that's an easy, pretty easy thing to test. If yeah. you're in shape enough to work out, if you just take your heart rate right at the end of the intense exercise, take it for you know, 10 seconds and multiply by six to get kind of that beats per minute, then wait a minute, walk around a little bit and do it again. Yeah. And then, and then just do the math. If it was at 180 and then 170, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and these are the things that actually should be done right now. Yeah. And not just clinics like ours, but that's all an health. <laughs> it's an easy test. You yeah. can do it at home. Yeah. Uh, but even the clinics should be doing these things to mm-hmm. actually get some predictive markers over on, okay, you need to pay attention. There's something going on here. Yeah. And, and truthfully, here's the blessing that's going to come out of this. A lot of people that has nothing to do with COVID or vaccines yeah. are going to identify heart issues that are lifestyle related, yeah. mm-hmm. something from high fructose corn syrup. And they've been over consuming these, these bad uh, carbs and sugars uh, causing actual cardiac stress. And those will get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And that's why like our focus right now, as you said, is on uh, improving fitness. We, we've been working pretty hard in the last uh, year on a lot of these things, but uh, releasing that, can we say we're, we're basically going to be releasing that in the next week or two. Yeah, so yeah. if you're listening to this, it'll be coming out soon for the public. So it's not just us testing ourselves anymore. That's <laughs> yeah, me naturally. Yes. Yeah. So, well, those are, those are things to just bring awareness because here's the problem when it comes to the things that really people struggle with when it comes to uh, dying, heart disease and cancer, mm-hmm. people a lot of times make healthcare decisions based on their pain levels. And when do you have pain with heart disease? At the, at the, at the event. <laughs> yeah. And when do you have pain with cancer? Sometimes never, but usually mm, when it's never. Yeah, yeah. too late and it's mm-hmm. at the uh, end stage there. So we have to look at functional loss. And so the more you kind of look through a deeper microscope where you can actually see and measure things, you actually get a lot of clarity. We're so busy with life. Everyone's working hard and they've got, they have families. You yeah. can miss these little markers. So take time. Yeah. To assess right now, especially the cardiovascular components. Can you can you look up, Marky? There's a statistic. It's number the number of people where their first heart attack is their first symptom of any sort of cardiovascular oh, yeah. disease. Right? It seems like nothing's wrong, and then they have the heart attack. Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. It's a pretty big number, and I I, I don't want to guess, and so that's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Let me know it. when you got it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I do want to bring up one other thing because I've heard, I get this question a lot. And mm-hmm. up until recently, I, I kept saying, I have no evidence of this. I have no evidence of this. But the whole shedding thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I have been asked, and I'll ask you if you've uh, landed on anything, but I've been asked quite a bit, well, what about shedding? And there, there's uh, stories out yeah. there of, of women who uh, were in menopause all of a sudden started getting their, their periods back again temporarily. Uh, after being around someone who yeah. uh, either had, um, who had just recently been vaccinated. And I, I couldn't land on it physiologically of how that was happening. I do know now that spike proteins by themselves can trigger the ACE receptor response to the inflammation. Yeah. So there is an actual mechanism. I think there is. Cause yeah. I saw some studies. I haven't looked at it recently, honestly, but a few studies that showed that it can show up in, in biological fluid, the, yeah. the spike protein. I think it was a urine test and maybe maybe i don't think it was a breath test point being though you can extrapolate a bit and say well if it's getting into into body fluid yeah the possible that you could breathe it out 
I don't think it's impossible. No, uh, but it's that's in a in a well functioning society that would be something where you know the people in charge would say, "Hmm, this is an interesting thing. We should be able to study that." Yes, we are not <laughs> such a society. Yeah, um, but if that's the case, there are certain people, and again, I've heard patient stories. You've heard patient stories where it seems like. Uh, that really could be the case for why they're getting triggered and inflamed. Yeah, and it's one of those things where we have to look at. And there's there's a doctor I am looking at her research right now um, on the West Coast. She's in Washington State, and she she's convinced that it's a thing. Yeah. And she yeah. is releasing the evidence from mm-hmm. her personal laboratory. So yeah. I'm vetting that process right now. But um, it should be testable. It should be te- yeah, it's yeah. testable. And then, um, but I, what I can say is that some people are concerned that. Uh, the you know the spike proteins will actually just like the vaccine uh, affect our uh, RNA and it's a different process at this point oh, the spike protein has yeah. been made it's not necessarily the uh, messaging system that was in the vaccine yeah, that, yeah. that caused you to make the spike proteins it mm-hmm. would just be the spike proteins yeah. which causes damage which means that you should be able to avoid that a contact it should go away mm-hmm. versus um, the one there was one. <laughs> study early on i've not seen it this has been followed up on where they had concerns that the vaccine was inducing some uh, uh, self-replicating uh, dna where it's creating its own dna similar to what the hiv virus does. yeah like a, yeah yeah so i've not seen anything uh, duplicated with that at either. this point yeah yeah do you do you have a good sense of so let's say person has a vaccine person has covid person has exposure to vaccine spike protein shedding any mm-hmm. of those possible scenarios how do you get rid of the spike protein so uh dr mccullough actually has a a product that uh, binds the Mm -hmm. spike proteins and it's got uh, things like nanokinase in there ivermectin actually funny enough is a Mm -hmm. weak binder as well and a a mild anti-inflammatory it works Mm -hmm. with that the the frontline doctors uh, i recently heard dr Corey speak to the fact that he feels some of his long-haul COVID and vaccine injured patients need to be on ivermectin the rest of their life because of when they go off, they start feeling worse. So, so that's, we don't understand why that is. Um, It makes sense that they, they might actually be making their own Mm -hmm. spike proteins and that's why you need something constantly binding it. So there might be something along those lines. Uh, We don't, we don't know why, uh, but the lumbrokinase, uh, omega oils, uh, do help certain binders traditional binders also can help uh, zeolite and activated charcoal things like that uh, a little bit i do find it instructive to to look at their website every once in a while because they do a good job that the flccc the yeah. those frontline with that group they do a good job of still updating their protocols and they have a, a post-vaccine protocol yeah and viewing what's in there i think tells you a lot about what the current state of the art is Yes, they talk about hyperbaric. They talk about things from a mitochondrial support, methylene blue, um, oxygen and bl- delivery and blood flow. Yes, and it's it's very clear that uh, cardiovascular compromise is the it's really the it's the tipping point for most people in yeah. this situation. And I encourage people to actually uh, look up Doctor P- mm-hmm. uh, Pierre Corey's information. Is he is doing a really good job? of dotting his I's, crossing the T's when it comes to working with uh, his patients, but he is actively trying to engage in a conversation as far as this is what we're seeing, what's going on here, and, and he, he, he's getting attacked. And so we had, um, I just heard an interview with him where he feels like the medical community needs to regain the trust back 
of the people and the doctors have lost faith in the medical community. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. And so the doctors, and he in particular, was talking about medical journals in this particular interview, mm. how he was very disappointed with the medical journals and the lack of integrity with yeah. some of the research. And so that was published and some of the ones that wasn't published and um, just some of, just ethics stuff. It was a brilliant, brilliant interview. Mm. And he told his personal story of how how he has been attacked as far as just the uh, publicly. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also his just major disappointment in the areas that he trusted in the, the medical community, um, more, more on the regulatory side of things, the CDC, the NIH, but uh, in particular, uh, he, he's a research hound. And so the medical journals that he loved, yeah. loved, he, he just had, lost he's lost faith so they have to they have to win that back so we've got a lot of cleanup to do and people just want the truth yeah and so uh i am 100 percent open being wrong on everything that i'm talking about if it serves my patient population Mm -hmm. i don't i don't care about being right or wrong i want i'm going to make the, the best decision though based on the information i have at hand and move forward with the intent of helping yeah it's just never been harder Yes. to verify facts yes yeah. that's that that's a great way of saying it yeah. i i would we you, you guys should hear i mean we're having conversations now but you should hear some of the conversations we have when we're like because you guys know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there and many of them have come true <laughs> but there many of them are just like crazy yeah. and so we have to at this point as doctors say do you think it's real this one Very like real, like yeah. some of them are just nuts but we have to at least bring it up and say yeah, no, I don't think that's a real thing. Or like the conversations we're having are just bizarre compared to five years ago. Or oh, very bizarre. Yeah. So, but you have to discern through that because mm-hmm. there is a truth and there's an answer to every problem. So, so keep digging. And uh, all I can tell you is, when someone is blocking you from having the conversation, then that's that's a big red flag. And so we have to clean up that first. You have to be free to be able to discuss it. And of course, everyone's entitled to opinion, but some of the discernment should be having good forums to listen to opinions. Yeah. I'm not going to go to Facebook and, and look at my neighbor's opinions on stuff if they're not an expert. And I know I can see him drinking on his balcony <laughs> and he's uh, inebriated giving uh, opinions about whatever, you know, yeah. on whatever side of whatever topic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So, but certain people that do their due diligence who have are at risk of losing their jobs, those people I give a lot of yeah. credibility to because they're not doing it for good reasons of I'm going to get wealthy from this, I'm going to get famous from this. They're doing it knowing they're they're possibly not going to be able to feed their family. Anymore. It's a fairly good filter. If that person stands to lose everything, yes. the likelihood that their line is lower. It's a good yeah, it's a good filter. <laughs> yeah, um, back to the. Heart attacks from no symptoms. Uh, yeah. Like we posted 50%. Isn't it? Yeah. 50%. Yeah. That's yeah. actually higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. 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 Wow. I think they had it around 20% in 2022. But um, experts are thinking it's closer to 50 yeah. So what happened in 20? 20... No, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Point taken. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So I want to touch on one more thing. Uh, when it comes to cardiovascular health, vitamin D is also very important in vitamin K and then, um, uh, oils, good, healthy, clean oils. Uh, we talk about this a lot, but we need those oils for, uh, anti-inflammatories. And so they, they help quite a bit. So I encourage people to, to really look at, um, uh, olive oils in particular. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, clean, clean oils. And uh, what, what were we talking about this morning? The oil, oh, the codfish, yeah, or uh, cod, uh, liver. cod liver, codfish, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cod liver oil. And so these oils are very, very good for us and very good for our um, heart system as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I'm going to say this too: good, deep quality sleep, and just consistent exercise. And if you if you're not an exerciser, start small and slowly, slowly ramp up. Um, one of the things that I have noticed, I've had some of my people who have been injured, um, who have had events, uh, be very, very like they're frightened to go back to exercise. Yeah. And it, it's similar to um, working with like football players who have uh, blew out a knee or something, and they're they have to slowly get going. They have to eventually trust that they can cut left or cut right on that knee, because yeah. if they if it happens again, they're gone for another six, nine, twelve months. Yeah. Huge. And it's a huge, so there's a huge mental component um, once you kind of get to that stage. And so overcoming that is is not that easy. Oh, that's and, why it's, you don't want to guess. That's no. why we talk about these lab markers and other things that you yeah. can do. And we should talk about endopath. As, yes. Yeah, because that's another tool that we use to to track the vascular health. Yes. Uh, if you, um, there's not a lot of clinics that uh, use the endopat. Uh, a lot of them do for research, like Mayo Clinic and uh, U of M here in Minnesota. Um, as far as I know, we're still the only clinic that has endopat, uh, especially using natural therapeutics. Yeah, yeah. But the endopat measures the lining of the arteries, the glycocalyx, if you will, and the inside of the artery, and then how stiff the artery is. Yeah. So if there's been an injury or you have too much cholesterol or placking, it'll stiffen. It also measures your neurologic response as it regulates that arterial system, which Dr. Josh is talking about. It's electrical mm-hmm. circuit. So those three markers give you a lot of information of how balanced you are. And we've had we've had 19-year-olds come in with the oh, arteries of terrible. a 70, 80-year-old <laughs> yeah, smoker, and we've yeah. had we've had uh, 70 and 80-year-old smokers who've <laughs> able to get the well, more, like, more like 60 and 70-year-old <laughs> yeah, smokers yeah. Uh, get their arteries back. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is reversible. <laughs> it is reversible, yeah. yeah. But it's a good tool. Yeah, very and, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, have a lot, we have a lot of people coming in now concerned about the vaccine or COVID yeah. doing just that. We do offer that on our website. I believe there's a, we may have a tab now under the program tab. If you go to our website, there's a vaccine tab there. Or if you're interested in that, you can learn more. I know you've got a video on there as well. Yep. And yes. You can, if, if you're local, I mean, we've got a way for you to just come in and do that test and then do an assessment and tell you what it means. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have, uh, we have a lot of people actually um, fly in for the day and yeah, get yeah. tested mm-hmm. and then come back. Uh, if yeah. it's good, they don't come back. They don't need to come oh, back. Peace but, of mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good peace of mind. Yes, absolutely. So any last thoughts as far as what people can do to help their, um, their circulation, their cardiovascular? Yeah. Well, the basics, you mentioned a few, right? Yep. Uh, sleep well, eat well. Yes. Try not to stress. Easier said than done. Yep. Drink enough water. Yes. And get some tests done to see if you got inflammation. Yep. Love it. Yep. I hope you guys, uh, this served you well. And I'm hoping that there's less 
love this in the media, but uh, my gut tells me there's going to be a little bit more. And uh, yeah. when we start hitting the autoimmune and cancer stages of this uh, scenario, we'll definitely be here for podcasts. We'll be back. Yep. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Nips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Nips Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or a substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.